Hello, listeners. We've introduced a news feature here on Amazingly Terrible, Chapters. Now you can skip ahead in the program. Go ahead. Try it now. Just say, Alexa, next. This week on Amazingly Terrible, we are watching King Arthur in the Knights of Justice, Episode 1, Opening Kickoff. Knights, knights, knights. Knights, 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 knights. It never gets old. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast that will pee in your mouth if you want. Consent's very important to us. It is. Only if you want it. So this is our 51st episode. I don't know if we need to actually, like, introduce ourselves individually anymore. I mean, obviously do the podcast bit, but, like, I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to say, my name's Adam. Uh, Well, I would never say that. My name's Matt. I'm so disappointed that you don't say things like, my name's David, at the end of the podcast. Yeah, we, um, we are kind of redundant on our introductions, aren't we? Like, we really want to make sure that any possible future employer knows not to hire us. I like the idea that we have introductions and outroductions. Like a, like a little solar system. It's it's, it's like our... Kupier, Kupler... Kupler... Yeah. Kuiper Belt? Kuiper Belt? Kuiper Belt. Kuiper Belt. Kuiper Belt. Kuiper Belt. C-U-I... C-U-I-P-E-R is Kuiper? Kuiper Belt. Oh, no. Yep, I'm looking at it. Yep. Kuiper. Damn. Kuiper belt. Kuiper belt. I'm an idiot. Why were we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm very happy that you're my friends. I'm happy that you are our friend as well, Matt. Yeah. I, I'm happy that our friendship has stood the test of time. All three of us. Well, four with, with Mike. Five with Dan. If Dan ever joined us. but I think Dan's out. I think our, that friendship hasn't stood the test of time. Oh! <gasps> No more time for him. Oh, no. Does Dan know? He's banished to the Kuiper belt. Oh. We're going to have to tell him the next time we see him for uh, role-playing night. Yeah. We're not not friends (laughs) anymore. We still want to role-play. We're still going to hang out, but we're not friends anymore. Yeah, did you bring beer? We're not friends anymore. (laughs) That'll be each of our session zeros. (laughs) Speaking of beer, is anybody drinking tonight? I had a very nice beer earlier this evening at, at a bar, a nearby bar. Oh, nice, nice. And um, it was delicious. I am, I'm just, I'm praying for the day that when the IPAs are gone. Like, our horrible IPA overlords are have finally gone to the great beyond. We can get back to drinking other kinds of beer, any other kind. I am cracking open right now another kind of beer. I think it's a Belgium ale from a company called Propolis that's, like, extremely local in Port Townsend, Washington. Extremely local. The name of the one that I'm actually opening right now is called Echella. A-C-H-I-L-L-E-A. It's a Chile. It's it's pronounced Kuiper. Kuiper, yes. So I got the Kuiper ale from Propolis. And uh, the funny story about this is I actually went to go buy this in the farmer's market. And it comes in like a 750 milliliter bottle. Ooh. As I was paying for it, the woman's technology wasn't working, so she just sort of gave it to me. What? So, yeah. When technology fails, you get free beer? Well, I did also tell her that I, I run a series of convenience stores in Seattle that uh, 
we were one of our first wholesale customers because because oh. we were one of our first wholesale customers but we only sold like cans of her of her brew. so you really models, juiced her so. up you really you know you really primed the pump on that one kind of kind of yeah so, but i'm decanting it now i went to the bar and i told them that i really wanted the beer but they still made me pay for it and i took it and i said no you don't understand i really want this Mm. That is very sweet. It's Kuipery. What do you What do you think the Kuiper Belt tastes like? I'm thinking it's. I think it is actually sweet. Because uh, when you think about mm. uh, nitrogen, like nitrogen bubbles and foam, it's mm. sweet on the palate. It's the reason mm. why everybody wants like a nitro brew. It has like a slightly sweet flavor to it. And I think um. there's a lot of nitrogen in the Kuiper Belt. Okay, you're. I think you are wrong. It tastes. <laughs> it tastes like water. Dusty water. What about sweet water? Sweet water is a phenomenon in Fraggle Rock. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it a phenomenon in Fraggle Rock? Really? Do you think they should do a um, Broadway version of Fraggle Rock? I think we could do it. Like make Have it like cats. Oh, don't now! Now I got to Google Braggle Rock Broadway. <laughs> so it'd be full size actors in in Fraggle costumes. Yeah, I like the uh, reversal, and then they'd have a human that was like a you know a a, a, a marionette style puppet. Yeah, like uh, Lion King, like the giraffes from Lion King. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. David, are you are you having a drink tonight? Uh, not tonight. Uh, a few days ago, I picked up some Kalamazoo Stout. Ooh, I'm a much much bigger fan of the stouts, as you know, and I, I agree with Matthew to get away from the uh, IPAs. Yeah, it's a bit oversaturated right now. The IPAs. I don't think Washington State's going to get away from it, though. Unfortunately, we grow too many hops out here. Ah, it's just it's just been trendy for a long time. So, you think that like they're legally required to use those hops, or you think they like get a kickback from Big Hop? No, no, no. They're legally required. It's like um. You know how, like, when you move to Seattle, you have to get barista training? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like that. If you if you have a brewery in Seattle, you are legally mandated to use hops. Mm-hmm. They you just got, ship they it got, right to you for government hops to you. Government hops, exactly. You get government hops. And if they find that you still have government hops after a three-week waiting period, you get fined. Just like if you live in Wisconsin, it's illegal to not have cheese in your mouth if you're talking. Exactly. Exactly. So you always have to carry around those little baby bell pe- uh, cheese squares if you want to carry on a conversation. Yeah. And then, like, if you're actually, like, having intercourse with someone, mm-hmm. the lube has to be boursin. Ugh. 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 It's kind of gritty. I'm pretty sure that's how you get ants. That's how you get ants in your urethra. Yeah, is Boursin. They're taking all of my all of all of my Blue Mountain beans. <laughs> did uh, did I ever tell you about my uh, my aunt urethra? No, no. Yeah, uh, she, um, mother's side. Norway? Yeah, <laughs> she's from Norway. <laughs> On my mother's side. That's it. Well, that's, well, the, that's the whole bit. 
Well, urethra is a uh, it's it's a traditional Norwegian uh, name. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just like the, the other traditional Norwegian name, Cunnilingus. Well, that's more of a family name. Urethra Cunnilingus. Yep. And then a traditional male name is Schmegma. So Schmegma coming Cunnilingus and Urethra Cunnilingus. Well, this has gone to a dark place, but I'm going to keep going with it. <laughs> I want to see the Norwegian version of James Bond. And he's like... The virgin? The virgin no, of James the, Bond? No, no. The, the Norwegian version of James Bond. Where he's like, my name's Smigma. Smigma Cunninglingus. No, and just see, my, name's, like in, my name's Cunninglingus. Smigma Cunninglingus. Yeah. Do, 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 do. He's like, uh... Can we get some more of that shark meat? Uh, is there any more of that pickled herring that makes you vomit the moment you smell it? <laughs> yeah, he's like eating eating at that, that at the table. That's how he gets the other gamblers to leave. <laughs> I see it's just you and me now, Mister Scudding Linguist. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Have you seen those videos on YouTube where people actually try to eat that without cleaning it first? It like it literally is like people just sort of like vomiting while they're trying to. No, eat why would I? Why would I want to watch that? It's it's it is insane because it's like the the body's natural response is like, this is not food. Get it away yeah. from your face. I, I'm gonna make you vomit to try to keep you from eating this. Yeah, I mean, listen to your body. That's what I learned for potty training. We got a mm-hmm. book and it told us that you got to listen to your body. So, I, so, so you got that under your belt now? The potty training? Yeah, I'm a big boy. That's good. We got a little potty. Yeah, <laughs> I have to empty into the big potty every time I use it. Well done, Matt. <laughs> David, we knew means, you could do it. It means we a lot to me. It. it means a lot to me that you said that. You know, once once you got your master's degree in uh, graphic art design, we were like, you know what? Potty training's right around the corner. Yeah. He's got this. It's only 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. I mean... God, we're, ge- we're so stupid. This is the stupidest fucking podcast. <laughs> Geologically, I, I'm a quick study. Norwegian uh, James Bond. Who who would he fight against? Like, what's the Norwegian version of Spectre? See, see I, I thought that a clean linguist would be a better name for the villain. Oh, okay. For like, for like the the lady villain. I like the idea that like he comes in, and he's and he's like, you know, I'm I'm cunning linguist, smegma cunning linguist, and like the you, everyone's expecting this pun name from the female aide, and she's like, I'm Kate, Kate Jones. <laughs> I am a normal sounding person, like uh, yeah. Michelle Michelle Green. And you're like, oh, and uh, what what do you do? I'm an accountant. That's that's my job. I'm an accountant. Are you accounting these nuts? Oh no, that's sexual harassment. You're gonna have to yeah, talk to my boss now. Right. Get the get out of here. We don't deal with that anymore. This is 2022. Yeah. What are you doing in What are you doing in this casino? Well, I work here. and I'm an accountant for the casino. He's like, Smegma is like, what? I can't. I can't work with this. I can't. Oh, God. Where's the innuendo? That's it. I'm leaving. But then, like, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he goes the to the door. And, up. <laughs> yeah, no, he goes to the door, throws it open. They're completely snowed in. He just turns around, comes back, stays in the movie. 
<laughs> but he, like he's in the background just sort of drinking hot cocoa while we actually follow <laughs> yeah what was it nancy jones Betsy yeah Ross. we we watch Betty her Collins. balance yeah she's balancing the books he's like sitting with like a hot water one of those red hot water bottles and his his feet in a tub exactly yeah and then like she and she turns to uh mike smith <laughs> the fraud agent that is yeah. employed by the uh casino to do some forensics accounting and she's like my god we're missing a hundred dollars and he's like i'm on it right then five seconds later he's like oh here it is it was stuck underneath this till yeah damn mike and then they have like a very steamy sex scene that's just the rest of the movie is just no 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 i they have like a tender loving like generous and kind sex scene which is why it takes like the next the rest of the movie because they like pay a lot of attention to like the foreplay and like making sure everybody was comfortable ahead of time. And this is a a movie in Norway, so like sex is okay. It's actually positive. So, <laughs> oh and yeah, they, and they and they don't like the violence. That's the reason why. That's why we get this movie. They don't. Like the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that maybe like at the start it's like it's a little awkward. It's like they don't quite know what to do, but like you can tell they really you know love each other and that just shines exactly. through and then, you know then they they really have a moment and you see like the playfulness like yeah when like pretty woman when like she was reaching in for like the necklace <laughs> and he closes the box on her hand and she laughs <laughs> yeah instead of saying ow who the <laughs> fuck does that <laughs> yeah you're in what's you're wrong with dick um i, I do you think Richard Gere is like the kind of guy who walks around with with one of those like fake gum sticks where if you try to pull the gum out, it snaps down on your finger? Oh, oh, like it's like a a modified mousetrap sort of a thing. Yeah, you, and you've never you've never played one of those one of those or seen one of those. Nope, nope, I okay. have not. They're not a nice little practical joke, but I I'll bet like to like balance out his Buddhism, he probably does that. So to balance out his Buddhism, he has, like, violent practical jokes that he pulls on random strangers. Just, like, a kind of shitty one, you know? Because what are you going to do when, like, Richard Gere comes up and he's got, like, this shitty little... He's like, hey, you want a piece of gum? And you go to pull out the gum and, like, snaps on your finger. What are you Mm going to... I mean, it's Richard Gere. What are you going to do? You know, like... "Ah." You're going to be like, ow, gerbil man. Remember (laughs) in the 90s when people talked about you... Putting gerbils in your butt? Yeah, remember when you God. were relevant to gerbils? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Gerbil game? What's wrong with you? That's what Bruce. we call your butthole. <laughs> God! <laughs> it's like Baldur's Gate for gerbils. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the magical land of Richard Greer's anus. <laughs> this kingdom was established. Nigh on thirty years ago. Yeah, what would what would be the James Bond of Richard Gere's anus? <laughs> what, Mike, what, what would that movie Hunt, look like? <laughs> Mike Hunt. Oh, jeez, that's too much. <laughs> no, like <laughs> I took it too far. I ruined the piss. Yeah, you ruined God it. God damn it! How could you? Podcast um, over. Well, everything—they're all played by—they're all gerbils in there, right? And like they have yeah. a whole gerbil society inside his butt, so much to the point where they make gerbil movies, yeah. and they have their gerbil version of James Bond. So he comes on the screen. He's like, "My name is Sniffles." 
Yeah. Mr. Sniffles. Yeah. Ba 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 da 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 Yeah. And instead of like going down the barrel of a gun, we go into his butt. <laughs> but they're still rifling. They're yeah, still yeah, rifling. All, everyone Richard Gere's butt is rifled. It's a known fact. Right. Yeah. For accuracy. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is one thing that everybody has said about Richard Greer is he has never missed the toilet. <laughs> Yeah. When he's pooped, he has always been spot on with his pooping. <laughs> he's he he's potty trained. I I mean, he was kind of an inspiration <laughs> for me. <laughs> when I got out, so when, when I got out of grad school, I was like, one day, one day, I'm gonna poop like Richard Gere. And he, you pull the pendant out from your under your shirt that's got the picture of richard greer's butthole on it and you kiss it and put it back in. yeah it's a locket it's a locket i open it it's, it's his two cheeks and he said it's a locket jesus christ wrong with you uh, uh, yeah, i'm like i'm like one day and it like cut, it pulls back and i'm like i'm crouching down just right next to my toilet just shitting on the floor fuck god, damn it god damn it i thought it was gonna be today man i'll get there back to the drawing board and you have like an intricate like rube goborg yeah, drawing yeah. I, God, I have like one of those, Jesus one of those, one of those conspiracy walls, but every picture is a toilet. It's just a bunch of like red yarn attaching it to the toilets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it all comes back to just Richard, the picture of Richard Gere's butthole that you have an right. extra blown up version of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> man, can you imagine the extra blown up version of Richard Gere's butthole? That thing would be enormous. Because I imagine that thing's blown up already, if it's you know what I mean. probably big already. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why nobody talks about him putting gerbils in his butt anymore, because he had to, like, upgrade to guinea pigs, so. Fucking <laughs> 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 capybaras rolling out of that shit. You know, I am so sick and tired of people telling us that we get, that we get off the rails when Mike and Derek's not here. And then we just get too strange. <laughs> I'm tired of people saying that. What people have, this is... first of all, who listens to this? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Mike and Derek don't even listen to this, so they don't even say that. <laughs> uh, what's bigger than a capybara? It's the biggest, it's the biggest rodent. It's the biggest rodent, yeah. That's it's it. the king of the rodents. That's the one. That's like Richard Gere's like touring South America. He's like, that's it. That's my white whale. <laughs> Just think of all the cocaine that could go under those nails. <laughs> oh fuck, that's right. That was part of the that was part of the myth, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they cocaine, cocaine under their fingernails. <laughs> Why? Jesus. Gross. Just do cocaine. Heck, just do cocaine up your butt. Like, what? Why is the triple involved at all? What I actually just like the idea that like Richard Greer like just keeps on thinking about like what's next, what's the next biggest thing, and it's like <laughs> him walking around the uh, Smithsonian Natural History Museum, yeah, look, looking at like the the pictures of like the land sloth and being like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish it starts. It's progressive. He starts where he's like uh, long and like walking around a PetSmart, and then. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it's just like more like you know, like more deeper and deeper into pre prehistory, trying to find yeah. the biggest uh the big the biggest land fauna. The biggest <laughs> megafauna. God. Uh one day. All right, so um, uh, Knights of Justice. Let's yeah. get into this. <laughs> let's do it. All right, all right. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. If you uh, want a recap of some like the technical specs, I suggest you just go back and listen to episode. Uh, yeah, episode twenty nine. It was about a year ago. Oh, so. guys, I I just realized. We we need to start planning now. What? We we are only ten episodes. We're only at wait, no. Eight eighteen episodes. 18. Episodes away from episode sixty-nine. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Sixty nine. Okay, hold on. Is there a cartoon that has Richard Greer in it? Maybe we need to actually <laughs> How many different ways before. can you pronounce his name? <laughs> like Greer. How would... Greer. Grier. I don't think you've done it the same way twice ever. <laughs> Richard Groper. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I think we we might be able to find something that he's in. Well, first of all, yuck! I don't want to watch him for the 69th episode. Come on, uh, we got to do something special for episode 69. I feel like we need to make it a very special episode for for one of our members, like Mike. Yeah. Oh, is this when we finally watched uh, Stripperella? Yeah, that's probably good. If it's for Mike, then yeah, probably. Uh. Okay, I take it back. Let's do it for somebody who's actually good. I don't know. Derek, maybe? I don't know. David. We got to do it for David. Don't tell him. Yeah, don't tell him. Yes, it'll be a secret. (laughs) Don't tell him. All right. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. All right. In episode 29, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice is the cool jock cartoon. Yeah, and uh, Arthur and his knights are actually football players from modern day New York. For that crossover D and D jock audience, when they come back in time, they wear armor that's emblazoned with their weapon of choice, and their shields are emblazoned with their creature that they can summon. But they never summon the creatures because it's too hard to animate. Mm-hmm. So, except in stage canned animations in each episode. Yeah. The opening, honestly, still gets me though. The bitch and hair metal intro. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of breeze through it like this it. time. I mean, one thing that kind of gets me is the title. The like, yeah. it just looks like they just went in and like picked the like medieval font from Microsoft Word and yeah. put That's the true. title That's in true. that, and then they're like, "Yep, we're done." Yeah, it's, it's not even like, they don't have any background to the title. Like, literally, the title's just written over the animation. It's like, yeah, nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the kerning, the kerning. Anyway. In this, we, we decided this time, we, we, we rolled it. If you haven't listened to our episodes, we rolled this this cartoon again. My name came up to, uh, to do the summary, and I decided were- I want to go back to the very first episode. I like the idea that you were you were tapped. Like we should use that. Like yeah, I was, I was tapped. tapped. Yeah, like like it's an honor. Yeah. <laughs> David saved up his mana so he huh. can expend it to then tap me for this episode. 
There we you go. can't save your mana. You'll get mana burn. Boom. Boom. Gotta use um, your mana. Is that what's happening to my butthole? But yes, I was tapped for this episode. So I decided to go back to episode one. So we can actually get all of our answers, or get all of our questions answered regarding yeah, to the beginning. King Arthur the Nice of Justice. Back so. to the back to the source. You have to unravel this convoluted plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the one we could summarize in a sentence. That one. So we we open with Merlin giving a voiceover while we watch the warlords riding their horses. In Merlin basically just does a giant exposition dump to let us know what's going on. So that's really just the only thing we were missing. Mm-hmm. So, um, apparently Camelot is no more, is what he says, because King Arthur is missing. However, we, we do know and we find out that King Arthur has actually been kidnapped and held in the Crystal Prison? The Caves of Glass. Sorry, the Caves uh, of Glass caves of by glass. Morgana. By Morgana. <laughs> uh, Sorceress Magor- Morgana. So, so Lord Viper rolls up with his warlords onto Camelot, which mm. is just it. I, I didn't catch this last time, but Camelot is on the the butte of this cliff that looks like at any second it's just going to sort of break off and fall into the precipice that lies beyond, which I'm assuming is the ocean. Yeah, so it, it looks, looks like, like it might be the ocean. It looks like it's on a peninsula, like but a small like a cliff. Place. Yeah. A very tall cliff peninsula. A, so. a cliff peninsula. Cliff peninsula. Well, that's a geographic term because I'm good at geography. Geology. So geological. Right, term. yeah, geology because I'm good at rocks. Rocks rock, dude. <clears throat> Lord Viper winds up uh, ordering his men and they fire a barrage of arrows and throwing axes at Camelot, uh-huh. which is like buttoned And up. only the arrows reach. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the first thing I notice here is like there are there are goddamn thousands of them. Like there are a yes, lot yes. of baddies. There are a lot of warlords. Yes, but this is when Lord Merlin decides to come out and stand on the parapet of the castle, and he spreads his arms wide, creating a larger target for them to hit. While he starts to talk about his magic, and then he takes an arrow to the throat. He gets <laughs> pin cushioned by hundreds of other arrows. He crumbles to the ground. End of episode, end of series, roll credits. I just like that it's not like they're doing volleys of arrows. There is a nonstop arrow rain. Like, it is the consistency of raindrops, how many arrows are coming down. Which And they're they're also managing to do this from horseback. Yeah, so they have it very well timed with their archers. So, like, just like a constant... Like, everybody's taking the exact same amount of time to pull their yeah. arrow, knock it, fire it off, pull their arrow, knock yeah. it, fire it off. And they got, mo- they got like, multiple waves of guys doing this. And they're perfectly perfectly randomly synchronized. Like, it's not like they're going down. It's like, it's 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 orchestrated in this beautiful crescendo to create this completely randable, random, but completely uh, cyclable animation. They're blotting out the sun. It's... <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect it's what, Mike it's perfect Mike tactics they're being attacked by a horde uh-huh. <laughs> blotting out the sun we also see I think like a ton more play sets than we expect well, uh, yeah. there are a yeah. lot of vehicles there's a lot of battle wagons 
there's uh, a Rever- lot more warlords than we'd seen before, too. Yeah, a lot like, more reverse chariots. Distinctive. Yeah, Lord Viper's always at the front of this horde, but every time they cut to a different angle, there's someone else behind him. Yeah. I think that they definitely did want to try to get in all of the action figures in this particular episode, just because it's the first episode. They want to make sure that everybody sees all the action figures so that then they can go tell their parents that they have to go buy them these do you think that, toys do you th- in order to love them. Yeah, do you think that was the play that they were like pitching this not only for te- TV but also like to toy companies to be like, hey, yeah, check out this uh, property. You can look at all this shit you can make. So I'm sure the first, very first episode, they were like, all right, we got to put in all the toys. We got to put in all these different play sets. Okay. Going to make sure that we have like the round table room p- mm. featured prominently because we're going to yeah. sell that as like the base. Uh, okay. We've got to get past minute three here. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyway, Merlin, he doesn't die. He puts up the shields that's supposed to like block all the missile fire that's coming in. Yeah. However, he doubles he's down. Still un- he's unable to block the flying warlord. That manages to fly in, kidnap Guinevere, and fly away. And once Guinevere is kidnapped, that's when Merlin's like, "This is the last straw. We're Camelot's doomed. Everything's bad. Everything's going to go away." And he goes and he consults the Round Table, and it seems that the Round Table is covered with some sort of like odd, viscous, sticky liquid, in which a woman kind of comes up out of. I'm assuming this is supposed to be the Lady of the Lake, but it's actually the Lady of the Table. Well, they don't. They never. They never explain this. The table talks to him, and they never really. Yeah, becomes a woman. Everybody knows that, like ships, uh, tables are female. Oh really? Oh. (laughs) Yes. Sure. Okay. Right. That's. Yeah. I mean, you know, I never actually checked (laughs) the underside of my table before. Maybe you're right. Oh yeah. like the names carved in the bottom side of the table. Well, you don't see anything dangling. Good point. Good point. So anyway, I think that there's going to be like some sort of weird lip around this table to catch all that liquid that seems to be coming off of maybe like Merlin in his nights. I'm trying to get to an ejaculation well, joke, but I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, you there, can't. So. You can't get there. Yeah. 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 This table looks really uncomfortable. It does. But, but also, it kind of looks like it would be a great D&D table. Because, like, each, plate, each setting has its little, like, little area where you could roll dice and stuff. And then it looks like the middle opens up and you could put, like, a flat-screen flat TV in there to, like, project your, uh, you know, project your board on. Yeah. But this table's also supposed to fit, uh, like, 12 people around it, I think. And, how, many, um, how many people are on a football team? Uh... I think 11 people are on a football team. <laughs> That's the reason why you get that weird French knight later on. It's because they only got 11. And then, he, and then Merlin had to randomly just grab a French guy from from uh, the annals of history. So, Oh, you're right. 11 players at a, on the yep. field at a time. Yep. Okay, so if you had every player play every play the entire game, then you could get by with eleven football players. Exactly, exactly. Except at the end of the game, like you'd have to keep cycling because inevitably one of them's going to have a heart attack at the end of every game. Well, I mean, they they do suffer from was it CT? Yeah, yeah. So like, so eventually somebody's just going to like start having a seizure on the field, and then you just leave that guy 
leave him where he's laying, and then you just bring in somebody else, move on to the next play. I thought they so. just, later they just kind of like lost their minds and died in car crashes and abused their wives. Oh, there's that. And they also like lose all control of their body too at some point in time, so. Cool. Um, yeah, it's cool to play football, guys. Yeah. The, el- the elegant sport. The man's elegance. Yeah. It's got well, a, anyway. It's got a manly elegance. The lady of the lake pops up and she's like, Merlin, dude, throughout time, <laughs> there are 12 good men that might be able to help. And only 12 good men yes. that might be able to help. And also, these 12 good men, apparently, throughout all of time, are carefully, uh, chronologically distributed in one spot. There aren't 12 men in across all of time. They're, they're all in one location at one time. They're all together. Yeah. Yep. They're all together in one place. See, I, I like, see, what I actually like is this idea, is that the Lady of the Lake was actually saying there are 12 good men throughout all of time. Right. And he goes and he kidnaps this whole football team, and only only Arthur King is the good man. Right. And then the rest of them just sort of follow him. So this is like round one of Merlin's attempt to try to retake the lands of Camelot. And when they fail, he's going to then go back through time and be like, okay, I'm going to grab Gandhi now and 11 of Gandhi's followers. Boom. I don't, I don't, oh, know, that, I don't know that Jesus Arthur is now. the good man. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, Gandhi, Jesus, and Arthur. <laughs> it's like, uh, what am I doing here exactly? <laughs> you don't think Jesus and his 11 apostles would be? I know he's got 12, but he's just going to leave Judas behind. <laughs> but no, no. So Merlin then shoots out some sort of like weird cum lightning again, and then he disappears and like flies off in the air as pure energy or whatever and then we cut to arthur king and the knights football team winning their big game to the chanting of knights and to your comment earlier matt i did actually write in my notes it never gets old it does not oh it's beautiful. Do you think the other team is going days, 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 days? <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> That's seriously the dumbest joke I have ever told. <laughs> yeah, but we doubled down, so. All right, we, we cut to the team bus now. And the team bus is being driven by one of the team members. Right, it's only team members on the bus. And this begs the question of what type of candy-ass team is this that can't afford a driver, but they purchase their own fucking bus? I just like, so I, I would just like to point out that when we cut to the bus, we cut from them chanting nights, 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 to them being on the bus chanting nights, nights, nights. nights, nights, nights so they nights, must have yeah. been chanting nights, nights, nights for the hours. Hours like, and hours. getting changed while yeah. they're yeah. showering. Yeah. Yeah. All, all, all through the post game, like, uh, yeah. you know. They while they're like slapping hands or whatever they do for yeah. football. Yeah. Well, they slap it. The other, the other team saying, the other team saying, good game. Good game, good game, good nights, game. Nights, 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 nights. She's like, Jesus, I hate those guys. Well, and, and here's the thing is, when we when we first watched this, this is kind of dumb on my part, but when we first watched this, I thought these were like 
older high school students. They were like they were like eighteen year olds, seventeen, eighteen year olds, something like that. And that's what mm-hmm. the New York Knights were. But now, obviously, they're adults because they're driving around in a bus. And they're talking about playing playing football. In the, and they also referenced the Washington Redskins at one point in time. Yeah, they didn't age so, well. Are they supposed to be pros? Are they supposed to be major league? Are they in the minors? Are they intramural? Are they a company football team? Like, what the fuck are they? It, they're just one of those roving football teams that wanders across this great land looking for worthy football matches to have. Like, they just um, walk, walk the yeah. earth like Kane. Yeah, like yeah. Hulk or uh, Kung Fu. They just wander the old west looking for football games. You get there the Hulk music is playing where they're like sitting on the bus listening to an iPod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a towel over their head. Like enjoying the scenery. Yeah. They're Not like matching at all, yeah. Yeah, they're like they're like getting a rub down after the game from the masseuse and like the Hulk music is playing. They just look kind of look wistfully off to the side. <laughs> well, <laughs> During the scene when when we first see them on the bus, this is also when we get a complete break of what the characters look like they should sound like in the actual voice over the voice actors they got to play these characters. Yes. So you got like the really big guy with a high pitched voice. You got the pretty boy, the obvious pretty boy, who sounds like Woody fucking Allen. It just like it took me right out of it. That's it. See, this is the scene. Can't watch this anymore. This is the scene that taught me to hate again. (laughs) Because fuck, I hate these people. I hate all of these characters. I hate their shitty behavior. I hate their faces. I hate them chanting knights. I hate the terrible racial stereotypes and the outrageous accents. Ugh, it's it. It's so annoying. So, anyway, they're driving in a rainstorm, and Arthur suggests that they take the old cliff face road in this horrible rainstorm, just so they can get back to New York a little bit faster. Even though their bus driver doesn't really seem to know how to drive the bus, also. Right. So, Also, why does he know this? Like, what did Arthur live around here? How does he have an encyclopedic knowledge of, like, the, the rural routes of northern New Jersey? I think I think this is actually what is a little bit more telling about his character. He's a serial killer. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Hear me out. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. I no, I am bought in. You don't you don't need to tell me more. So he knows all the places where to dump a body, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously the old cliff face road is gonna be the perfect spot where he can drive around a corner pretty quickly, just open the door and like kick the body out, and then it flies yeah. off the cliff. It goes right by body dumping gully. Exactly. The reason why, throughout time, he's considered to be a quote-unquote good man is because they need to have somebody truly evil to defeat evil. And since he's defeating evil, he becomes good. So it's not like... They're not The Lady of the Lake wasn't saying that there were 12 good men. What she was saying is there are 12 men who need to go and become redeemed and become good. Mm. This is the redemption of this band of serial killers known as the New York Knights. So it's like you really American psycho, psycho, you know, like the society is so sick that the the mental illness that allows him to cleanse our society makes him good. Exactly. He's yeah. the Dexter of the uh, 
whatever yeah. we're talking about here stuff. Anyway, <laughs> he's the Dexter of terrible stereotypes. Go on, <laughs> let's get let's get to minute ten. So, at any rate, the bus driver Lug winds up driving the bus off the cliff face as predicted. He ricochets around a bunch of trees. They hit of, uh, every fucking thing on the side of the yeah. Hill. It, this is this is like a very prolonged crash scene, basically. So we they ricochet off a trees, long off of boulders. Of Suddenly, they like drive through a magical Celtic gate that came out of nowhere, and that wasn't what transported them. They then go down a long tunnel that's on the other side of the magic Celtic gate. That doesn't transport them. That, and then they, they crash of... into a stone wall, and when they crash into the stone wall, they enter the fifth dimension, just like Buck Bonsai did with his interdimensional car at the beginning of the movie. You know what I'm talking about. And that's when they wind up back in Camelot. Remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Did anybody else feel like when they went into the cave, that was really like, that's what Richard Gere's asshole looks like? It's <laughs> exactly what I was thinking about. That's uh, why he's been in this conver- in our conversation so much. Viewers at home, yeah, go to the above it. That's a tattoo. Yeah, go, go to go to eleven forty four for a preview of a bus going into Richard Gears, a, a gerbil driven bus going into Richard Gears asshole. It's good times. It's loaded, good times. loaded, loaded to the brim with capybaras. So after this prolonged crash scene, they suddenly get splooged out onto the table. Mm-hmm. Where, where Merlin is standing there gaslighting them, telling them about how the only way back is to find the 12 keys of truth, even though he was the one that transported them there in the first place. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, He's like, and, uh, and the only way out uh, is this thing I made up. The only way out is through, guys. You just gotta keep going through Camelot. You gotta get to Morgana. Well, this is when we get to my favorite minute, Mark. Yep, yep. Everybody's in tunics. Everybody like looks apart, though. And they're all sitting around the table, and then we get at what is it, thirteen oh six? Yes, y- yes. Two of the pl- one of the players was uh, munching some butt, you know, really going. One down. of the players, one of the players, cunning linguist, schmegma cunning linguist, <laughs> was uh, showing his craft off to one of his teammates because we get uh, one of the guys straddling the other guy's face, essentially, just randomly. If you blink, you miss it. It is not suggestive. It is demonstrative. Exactly. Exactly. And this is when we get everybody arguing about like what they're doing there, what they have to do, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Right. And we, we wind up getting basically Merlin doing a big exposition dump, talking about how Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table were captured, and they're in the Cave of Glass, captured by Morgana. She's overseeing the Cave of Glass, whatever. We never see them, though. We, we get nothing to back up this story. Nothing to back this up. And nobody seems to give a shit about what Merlin's talking about until he magics up a hologram of Guinevere. Oh, yeah. And that's and that's when Arthur and then Lance, Elot, get turgid and run off to save her. They're like, oh, there's some hot chick. Let's go like, yeah. try to... Our boys are thirsty. They are very eager once they see that any sort of woman is involved. And in all fairness, the rest of the team is like, why the hell are you guys going after yeah. this woman? You don't know what the hell's going on there. And then both Arthur and Lancelot are like, we don't care what you say. We're going to go. Yeah. Fuck off. We, we'll go by ourselves. And the rest we, of the team's like... We horny. Yeah. We we horny. We we out. 
And the rest mm. of the team's like, fine, we'll go too, because we're a team, we'll stick together, whatever. And then that's when Merlin's face lights up, and then he activates the table in order to, like, force all the magic onto the the New York Knights. Yeah, I have to assume it's a brainwashing table device of some kind, because they all instantly know what to chant. The oath. Yeah. yeah well, they, they how to act. They know the oath. First off, and the oath is King Arthur starting it saying, I'm in, I am King Arthur, and then everybody chiming in, we are the Knights of Justice. We pledge fairness to all to protect the weak and to vanquish evil. And you're saying it's brainwashing. I like to think that this is actually the team motto. And this is like <laughs> what they would actually scream at each other before they run into the football game. No, it's, it's not up. Knights, 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 Knights. No, no, Knights, Knights, Knights is their chant. This okay. was their motto. This right. this is like their pregame ritual, essentially. Right. I like that, but it was probably in Latin. Like they would recite all of that, but <laughs> but the whole thing was in Latin. Yeah, and now it's translated into like old English You're right. in front of Merlin. Nice. Uh, at any rate, it is it is a brainwashing machine because everybody goes through their magical girl transformation, and for some reason, horses just seem to wander into the hall that has the round table and they go through their magical girl transformation. This was new. Yeah. This is the extended transformation sequence. Yeah. When, when, when for when they're really running short on time. <laughs> <laughs> Where the animators were like, I don't want to animate another fucking fight scene. Yeah. We Just get to throw see this in here. Yeah, we get to see every character transform, but then also yeah. like, there's just a random shot of shot of like a horse in a cart. And then, and then, like, more horses yeah. wander into frame, and then you get, yeah. like, a ton of horses. Yeah, And they start getting yeah. zapped with lightning, and that gives them crazy armor. Yeah. And then um, one of the characters says, I'm a city boy. I don't know how to ride no horse. And then Merlin says that they should all magically know the skills they need to be knights, so they have the magical skills to wield their weapons, to ride horses, all this other stuff. And then we do a pan across the knights as they start to like run out into battle. And this is when we get yeah. my favorite knight at timestamp 1802. And this is the dipshit knight that has a football <laughs> on his chess piece because he was so fucking stupid that Merlin couldn't even implant <laughs> skills into yeah, his yeah. feeble little brain. So the only thing the guy can use in combat is a football. Yeah. So. He, at that point, he'd like Merlin had like run out of ideas, and he was like, "I, I don't know. What do you think? He, football? Okay, football. All right, fine. fine. It's a magic Whatever. football. Yeah. All right. You, you throw it hard. We're it, never it doing people. it. We're never doing an episode about you. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you're one of the background knights. Nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. I also like that uh, during this whole sequence, it's suddenly very very smoky. In this, in this uh, in the room, I have to imagine they were hotboxing the shit out of this room. Oh, that's how Merlin like prepped everything. Yeah, it's yeah. like he just had like he had his uh, were they brazers filled with yeah, yeah, like hemp, hemp and like peyote and whatever else he could find, just to make sure that like the whole idea stuck. Right, and, like, yeah. His 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 magical uh, hologram of Guinevere is actually him just describing Guinevere. They're like everybody's mind's eye made them think of who it looked like. I honestly, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm not going to do a gross impression of Merlin talking about the shape of Guinevere's boobs 
and yeah ex- and like for that waving his hand in there for that just go to timestamp what is that 1602 or 1603 what was your timestamp david Sixteen oh, his face. Yeah, sixteen thirty-six. Yeah, just go to timestamp thirteen thirty sixteen thirty-six, and you get to see Merlin's face as he's describing these things to the knights. <laughs> he's very happy. <laughs> he's very into it. I'm oh, sorry, sixteen thirty-eight. Yeah, <sighs> that's the sound he's making with that face. <laughs> Great. This is the but kind of anyway. this is the kind of visual Hubert that plays great on a podcast. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, after that pan, we get all the knights running outside to go start their fight, and this is when we get an utterly unremarkable fight scene between all of the warlords and all the knights. And essentially, the only thing that's very interesting in all of this is one of the knights, one of the good guy knights, has a battle wagon that looks like a cock and balls. <laughs> and 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 then one of the dipshit warlords who i like to just call dipshit has a bunch of mallet heads has like a mallet uh, head yeah. strapped to each of his forearms making it like the most absolutely useless weapon you could possibly think of i just like that like we we start this th- scene and again there are thousands of people and then it turns out that maybe there's like eight I don't know, because the fight scenes, we, we already know this about this animated series, the fight scenes are not very well animated, yes. so it's kind of hard to tell what's going on half the time. It's confusing. And I like to think that really what happened was, in this particular fight scene, the group of knights sort of battled their way through... Oh, the minions, like the, the one-hit point horde. Kind of, but like they yeah. go through essentially through like the vanguard to then get to the minions, and then they just keep on riding. They basically were just sort of breaking through the line of the warlords and once the warlords saw they were just running away they just sort of let them go because they're like okay we're just gonna go burn camelot to the ground now and start like (laughs) beating the shit out of merlin i like the idea that like they they don't show it but like they did fight their way through the lines and at this point like that we're seeing the fight with the uh with the warlords the the knights are just drenched in blood like just <laughs> they murdered like all, all the minions that they just mowed through yeah, all the right. one hit point minions yeah yeah that would be pretty good I like that too we we do end the episode with the knights following Arthur and Lance riding off into the sunset as they're going out to go get their dick wet and then that's the end of the episode so they so they haven't rescued Guinevere. No. They have a rescue here. We don't know why they have to pretend to be the actual knights. Nope. Exactly. They they haven't secured Camelot nope. on their way out. Well, again, like, no one knows how to siege in this world. Siege, sieging is very confusing. Because basically, like, they, the, their idea of a siege was a cavalry charge. Yeah. Well, I mean, in all fairness, in the other episode that we watched... The, it seemed like the knights were like free to come and go as they pleased right. through the siege line, so it didn't really matter at all. It's really just sort of like what Viper is going for is like the super super long game, right, where right. he's just like he's present so he can demoralize the people of Camelot, so that right. they then like destroy themselves from the inside by right. making a mistake one day when they didn't get enough sleep because they were thinking about Lord Viper. <laughs> That one time when they saw him out their window taking a poop in the forest, 
And like, why was he straining so hard? Oh, it must be a gerbil stuck. Oh, no. And then they just keep thinking about it, and they, like, can't stop, so they just don't get to go to sleep. And then the next morning, when the blacksmith they, swings his they hammer send down, some of the other he misses. To get gerbils. Yeah, exactly. Bring exactly. back gerbils. But honestly, like, the, from what we can see of Camelot, this would be the easiest place to besiege. There is one yep. entrance and exit, and it's surrounded yep. by cliffs on all other sides. Yep. So what you have to do is just cut off that one spot. Yep. Very small spot, too. Yeah. So, my, my, my final thoughts on this are, I fucking hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe they made two seasons of this bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and I'm ready to kill it, if you guys will let me. I, so. I hate the characters a lot more now. At first, they were amusing to me. And now... They're, oh, they're, it's grisly, honestly. Like, yeah. distasteful, the number of stereotypes that we're seeing. I, I, know, think, I think I'm think i in the same boat. Yeah. I think, think I'm in the same boat. I think that's the reason why I wanted to keep it last time, because I was like, ooh, there must have been, like, an interesting story as to, like, how they got this all set up. No, it's dumb, it's banal, and it's racist, so. Yeah, that. But we still have so many unanswered questions. I know. This yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Because I'm pretty wasn't... sure they're not going to get answered. <laughs> you don't what think they answer them in episode two? What about the nope, mystery? I don't, I don't think they do. I really don't think they do. The fact they didn't address it here, the fact that they didn't address it in the other episode that we watched, I am fair certain that they just don't talk about it. They just don't bring it up. It's just Merlin's like, oh, everybody thinks you're Arthur, and King Arthur, or Arthur King is just like, okay, dope. I don't care as long as, as long as I get to see Guinevere. And and we're probably that's probably what episode two is going to be. It's going to be like him like spouting some sort of like poetic love her from afar type thing, but he can't do anything because he's not actually King Arthur. And then that's it. I mean, from what we understand, he looks exactly like King Arthur. You know, later episodes she can't tell that he's not her king, yeah. except that he acts different. Yeah. I think he. I think he's you know, cuckolding the king. Oh, you think that he's actually going to go for it? I mean, based on his behavior in this episode, that boy's thirsty. So you're right. I think that, okay, so episode two, they save Guinevere, they get her back, whatever. Episode three okay, opens no. <laughs> with full frontal nudity of King Arthur getting out of bed with Guinevere. Yeah. Sweat drenching his body. Like he yeah. grabs a flagon of meat and drinks. It's like, ah, he's just that glistening. was good. Ah, uh, that exactly. was good. Ah, uh, that was good. We fornicated, he'd say. Exactly. Yeah. And then outside the window of the tower, there's going to be a little boy watching that's going to be like, I know this magic. He's not the real King Arthur. So then Arthur King goes and pushes <laughs> the boy off, and then he falls and becomes a paraplegic. Yeah. But then the boy gets the sight and takes over a dragon and becomes the king of Camelot. And the boy knew it wasn't King Arthur because Arthur King is circumcised. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that boy knows the king's genitals. Well, that inside boy, and out. That boy so. knows all of the history of the English king's uh, genitals uh, shapes. So all the way through the Plantagets, the Tudors, mm. the Stuarts, like every line, he knows the the shape, size, hang, cut. Yeah. Well, he's he's got the 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 book. He's got the gilded. <laughs> yeah, he's um, got the book. He's got the, the gilded book. book of dicks. No, 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 no. 
He's got the book. The, the, the gilded dicks of ages, or the gilded dongs of the... Yeah, yeah. It's illuminated. It's a, Yeah, it's a, an illuminated text. Exactly. Yeah, like hundreds of monks worked through the Middle Ages, slaving, burning precious you know, candles down to the nubbin. To, to, to actually illuminate yeah. this book. And, yeah. and inside the room where they're actually like doing the illuminations, it's just like the the casts of every king's cock and balls. Oh, yeah. Just, just on the walls where they like had to stick them into... Yeah, instead of their death, it? instead of their death masks, they have yes, their yeah. disc, dick masks, and exactly, uh, exactly, yeah, just lining the walls. So, like each each of the monks is just like looking very close up at each of the dicks as they're drawing. It's like they like get like eye to eye, like right up onto it. Well, so they I mean, they, every single detail. They're all they all really study them. But there's there's one month in particular. Uh, old blind peter he knows every nook and cranny and uh so you can put any in any in his his sensitive hands and he'll just say uh henry the fourth yeah just just from a touch he knows each each of these castings you know what was really sad though was when old blind peter was captured by the vikings (laughs) taken and taken back to norway Uh uh-huh and then he had he had to join the Cunninglingus family. And yeah, he's actually the great great grandfather of Schmegma Cunninglingus. So <laughs> I could just see him in Norway, just like, uh, just horrified because he has to touch all these uh, non-royal dicks all the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Ah. All the all the filthy yeah. Viking. Well, actually, I think the Vikings were probably clean. These aren't the, Anglo-Saxon dicks. They're Dane dicks. Like that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All these Dane dicks everywhere. <laughs> Look at everywhere. these Dane, Dane dicks up in my house. <laughs> oh, no. I see this Dane dick in my face. Ah. All right, David. What's our next segment? <laughs> okay, David. <laughs> cut, cut this into something. <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty sure Dan's going to give this one to me. Oh, uh, I wish I had the foresight to make some sort of note to, <laughs> that I would remember to do this. Uh, I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. Yeah, and you know, that's a real shame that Mike isn't here to complain about the terrible cell animation. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that Derek really wanted to watch this for some reason. Derek's Derek is uh, this is like Derek's bread and butter. It really is. Yeah, because like he's he's all about like what was the other one that we keep watching Prince Valiant. That we keep yeah, he's a about? he's a jock nerd. So, yep, yep. And and he's missed both episodes, so I, I think we have to keep this on the list. Oh God damn it, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, so we could watch episode two. All right, I want to get rid we of get this. Derek and Mike. I guess all I'm right. the tiebreaker here. And uh, yeah, I think. Do, do you want to suffer hor- alone, or do you want to in- inflict this on Derek? I feel like there's like, still horrible meat on these bones. Like oh it's just, just too much garbage. Jesus Christ! Okay, half of this episode was about Richard Greer's butthole and dribbles. <laughs> yeah, but that's half of every episode, really. 
That's just the half we cut out. Yeah, yeah, and we usually cut that out. This time we kept it. We were like, this is is our gimme. All right. (laughs) This is our gimme episode. in, In all fairness, this show did manage to fit maybe like five minutes of plot into like a 27 minute episode. Uh... Sorry, yeah. twenty-two minute episode. So, so I feel like we actually have gotten through the summation very quickly this time. We'll probably get through it pretty quickly next time too. You're right. Yeah. So, we, we didn't we didn't waste a ton of time talking about bullshit. Exactly. Well, I think really what it is is we were allowed to waste time talking about bullshit because there wasn't much else to do. So, so I will accept. Like I have a choice, but I will accept. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to summarizing the next episode. So, Adam, for summarizing this episode, what change do you want to make to the list? You know what I'm going to do? Because I'm feeling wacky. I want to buff Hammerman. That doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't? Oh, okay. (laughs) Fine, I didn't want to buff Hammerman either. Anyway, I would like to add another buff to Pirates of the of Darkwater. I was about to say Pirates of the Caribbean. I'd like to add another buff to Pirates of Darkwater. Wow. So we could watch it sometime this millennia. Since we seem to be rolling everything but that. Ooh, do you think if we don't get it, that could be our episode 69? Oh, that would be <laughs> nice. Do we deserve this? Do we deserve to give ourselves this? I mean, it is garbage, well, so we kind of do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if you haven't seen Pirates of Darkwater recently, be ready to be disappointed. Oh, I am. And no, I haven't, because I don't... I didn't want to ruin it for myself, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, in all fairness, the last time I watched Pirates of Darkwater was 2014? Or 2013? It was well before we came up with this convoluted idea of ours, so... I'm excited. I'm excited to potentially have some dark water in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for our next bit, which is going to be deciding our fate. We want cartoons 26 hours a day. Reverse retcon. Reverse retcon. Tell me what is index 94. Whoa, that is way up there. Bump in the night. Bump in the... (laughs) It is stop motion. I remember this. Uh, I enjoyed this, if I recall correctly. It was was stop motion. I think it was actually somewhat adult-oriented. Okay, I'm excited. So so there's going to be 27 episodes of Bump in the Night. I have never seen this. It looks like a demented version of Toy Story. I think it is. And we're watching episode 23, Late in the Run. Nice. Awesome. When they're starting to get tired, I love it. When they know, when they know they've been canceled and they quit putting in the effort. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so episode 23 of Bump of the Night is called Meat and Clean and Nothing But the Tooth. All right. I'm excited. And who is going to be summing this episode? It's going back to you, Adam. Jeez, Ooh, Adam. nice, nice. I'm liking it. Wow, Adam, you're gonna you're getting the punishment. Oh yeah, punish Although, me, David. 
Punish me, paw daddy. <laughs> Yuck. Okay. Uh. So on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Bump in the Night, episode 23, Neat and Clean, and Nothing But the Tooth. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Strawberry Shortcake, episode 4, Housewarming Surprise. Oh, I'm excited about this, too. Me, too. I'm, I've never we, watched actually, it. Actually, we got a bunch... We got a bunch of good ones coming up, actually. Strawberry Shortcake, Mighty Max, Bump of the Night. Yeah, we're really, hitting, we're really hitting our stride here. Yeah. Did we learn any lessons from today's episode of uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice? Uh, did I learn any lessons? I mean, I kind of already knew that I hate football. So okay. it's okay. not a new lesson. I think I learned, like, don't make decisions with your dick and ask some questions. Like, those seem like two key lessons to take away from this. Yeah. Don't drive through a Celtic gate leading to Richard Greer's butthole. <laughs> yeah. You can drive. Yeah, you can drive through a Welsh gate. Yes, exactly. But not exactly. a Celtic gate. If you are on a bus that careens off the side of the road and you start hitting obstacles, maybe depress the brake pedal. Right, maybe. right. Or um, I, the real thing we learned from there is steer into everything. Just yeah. steer into every <laughs> obstacle as you go exactly. down the hill. Exactly. Yeah. What? Here's my big question. What happened to the bus? Where's the bus? Yeah, I was wondering that as well. Yeah. Do you think the bus is the table? Oh, um, it's the horses. Yeah, I was oh, actually you think... thinking that maybe, maybe the bus got turned into the armor, actually, is what I was thinking. <laughs> the bus got... I like the idea that the bus got turned into horses. Like, they, they did... <laughs> the Lady of the Lake was like, there's 11 good men through time that you can summon. And make sure you also get them horses. <laughs> Bring back something make you could transform into horses. Also, make sure to bring their steed with them. Like, the bus goes back through, and they're like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? Like, like, he's just looking at Merlin, like, what the hell? Just make it into horses. And, and Merlin, yeah, Merlin's just like, just make it, because I'm, I, the way I picture it is actually, the knights show up, and Merlin immediately just roofies all of them. And oh, then there's yeah. like a good, like, three or four hours where the Lady, the lady of the Lake and Merlin get to confer to come up with a plan on how they're going to handle the knights. Like, and well, most of them change their clothes during that time. Exactly. Exactly. They yeah. Physically, like, they laboriously like, go through like costuming with them. And exactly. Merlin's an old man and he doesn't, he looks a little infirm. So that must've taken a long time. Do you yeah. think they like, they like to had to go back and like re-chloroform everybody. I'm like, oh, no, no, not done. Exactly. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think we hit on that. Um, and they had to go through and, and um, catalog all of their tattoos for uh, posthumous identification. How much better would it have been if they just drove a bus into the charging uh, warlords? Yeah, that would yeah, that'd nice. be great. That would have been awesome. Just them hanging out the side of it with like weapons. Nah, man. <laughs> they'd, they'd just be sitting inside like watching the, uh, watching the TVs. Yeah. Yeah. They're watching, no, I, like, I like this they're idea. watching like Jerry Maguire. <laughs> I just like this idea that 
that Merlin was actually like looking at the tattoos of all of the uh, New York Knights so that he could then like put the tattoos on the cadavers that he's leaving behind to fool the authorities in modern day. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that, no, so that nobody comes looking for the New York Knights. Yeah. Because that Celtic gate with uh, Richard Gere's butthole, that is physically there. Like, that's still there. Like, anybody could actually wander into Camelot by just going through that gate and, like, pressing up against the brick Yeah, he doesn't want anybody... Gate. That's in the bottom of... Uh, it's at the bottom of a body dump gulch. Yeah, exactly. Nowhere exactly. no one ever goes. That's the reason why the uh, warlords don't bother with the siege, because the people of Camelot have an infinite amount of food from all the bodies that get thrown at the gate from body... <laughs> Body dump gulch. Do you think just, they just have to? Are they cannibals? That's all. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're they're eating the meat. I thought maybe they were like using yeah. them as fertilizer to grow their crops or something. But I mean, it's it's clear there's there is no infrastructure. We never see like a farm or That's cattle right. yeah. or, or any of the many things that you would need to sustain the a massive castle. So yeah, yeah they're probably feeding on bodies. Yep. All the bodies from modern day. New Jersey. That's the reason why the mafia is able to get away with uh, so many like killings, is because the bodies they dump actually just wind up back in time. Do you think that back, back in ancient England, so it's both time and space? Do you think that they're not so. actually back in time? That this is like some mafia dons, <laughs> like private, private medieval there. times. Yeah, his his own Renaissance fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then he just set up, and he's like, he he ain't well. It's Merlin. He's he's the old mafia don, and yeah. uh, and he like dupes people to come in and pretend that they've been transported back in time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's just like very intricate. Uh, what is it? Uh, live action role playing? LARPing? Yeah, yeah. So the all the all of his buddies are are a Viper and his forces. They were super into LARPing. Yeah, and they're like, well, exactly. I'm gonna do the oh well. Yeah, we got to do it like here. Yeah. I'm gonna do the ultimate LARP. I'm gonna. Make what you a, talking about, Tom? I'm gonna make him a. I'm gonna make him a LARP. They can't refuse. <laughs> like that. But big tone. I thought they were just a bunch of guys that were chloroformed by Morgana, and were also set up. Oh yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> that's so what... Morgana was actually like the wife of the mafia don. Yeah, exactly. That's his that wife. Got killed. Well, no, the mafia don died. So then Morgana was like, you know what? This I'm is gonna the... make all these motherfuckers pay. This is their so compl- she... This is their complicated sex play. Like this is this is how they <laughs> compete. <laughs> This is how complicated their foreplay and a baroque their foreplay has gotten. Yes, <laughs> like the, you know, the, I can't this come. This is into, our cocaine. <laughs> I can't come unless we build an intricate medieval world, uh, take on personas, and then dope and brainwash innocent people into fighting for us in our Machiavellian schemes. All right, honey. <laughs> yes dear yeah <laughs> okay like all men the minute i see a beautiful woman i will do anything she says <laughs> nice ah good times good times yes, so the best truly it was the best of times it was the blessed of times it was the blurst of times you stupid monkey Oh, I've been David. I have also been David, but currently... I am David. Yes. 
I am we David. We are all Davids. We are Davidicus. We are the Davidicuses. Mm, hang us all, Roman general. I would like to be crucified in the old style. Mm, crucified my nuts first, Romans. I'm David. Crucify these nuts. <laughs> David. My name's nuts. David, and I like it when you pound a nail through my dick. That's right. I'm David Cunning Linguist. <laughs> I'm Norwegian. I am the Norwegian David. Look at my okay. da- look at my Danish David dick. Look at my look at my Dane David dick. <laughs> Dane, you look on this David dick. <laughs> Dost thou deign to look? <laughs> Dost thou deign David's dick? Mm. Yeah. Ye deign it so. Doth thy deign dick, David? Um, sorry, okay. David. Bye now. <laughs> Bye, guys. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Henry and Me is a 2014 American animated drama film directed by Barrett Esposito and written by David I. Stern. The film stars Richard Greer and then a bunch of other people. That I recognize. Okay, it it sounds bad. Yeah, um, it looks like some kid joins the New York Yankees. Oh wait, he's uh, stricken with cancer. A young boy stricken with cancer learns a valuable lesson about life from his favorite baseball team. Okay, sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, 60. hey brother. <laughs>